Hey, what's up, Sport of Business Podcasters? Matt Scanlon here. So here's the deal, guys. We just got back from our Fuel Your Passion Business Seminar at CrossFit Burke uh, just outside of D.C. Uh, it was an awesome time. Like, honestly, I came back uh, really fired up after talking to some other gym owners who are in, uh, you know, a million different places in their business. I mean, there were guys there that were, you know, just really on the cusp of scaling and growing and and then there were other people there that were just kind of beginning to wrestle with these ideas of professionalizing their business and really turning their their passion of helping people into a business. And there were also people there that were getting ready to start their gym for the very first time. So, you know, I certainly came away from this this weekend energized with a clear vision of what people you know, of, of how we can continue to help people in their business. Um, so for those of you listening that did attend this seminar, uh, thank you so much for an awesome time. So we wrapped up the weekend. We uh, One of the last talks that we do, we talk about uh, marketing and, and specifically content marketing and, and getting content out there to show your future athletes what you're all about. Show them, give them a few wins before they ever set foot in your door. And we did this really interesting exercise around video content, which if you're listening to this and you own a gym, I mean, honestly, if you own any type of business, especially a small business, and you're not doing some type of video content, you really need to start doing that. Uh, this is this is a given today. Uh, we talked about how Facebook is giving preference to video marketing and so what, what I did is I challenged everybody there to make their first piece of video content. And, and it was uh, a, an anxiety-provoking exercise for a lot of people, I think. Um, you know, there was a lot of thinking about how, how can I revolutionize fitness with this piece of marketing. And I only gave people five minutes to do this exercise. But the takeaway, the reason that I only gave five minutes to do this exercise was because Perfect doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't. What matters is that you get a quick win in your business, that you rip the Band-Aid off uh, when it comes to doing marketing or when it comes to really taking an area of your business that you know you need to fix, getting a win there and moving on to the next win. So I got them doing this talk, and you know, on the airplane, I get to, you know, I start doing a little bit of work on the airplane, and... I'll say this. We had a speaker uh, over, over the weekend. We had a guest speaker come, BP McCoy. Um, this guy is a, a, a leadership coach. He spent 29 years in, in the Marine Corps. Uh, brought Really actually fascinating is, is Saturday when he talked was the anniversary of the day that he and his Marines pulled down the statue of Saddam Hussein. So actually, to, uh, if you guys remember this, this is probably one of the more iconic moments that we have in, in American history in recent memory. So it was a very impactful conversation. And, and, I, and I thought to myself, I was like, gosh, you know, I have to record a podcast with this guy. He's, he was that, like, just impactful. And, and using his experiences... Uh, we realized that you know leadership and inspiring people. It, there's no difference. There's no difference between him leading Marines and and us leading our staff and leading our athletes. So, I was completely honored to sit and listen to this guy BP McCoy speak, 
And I thought to myself, I was like, I got to record a podcast with this guy. Uh, you know, we have to have him on the show. So I scrambled. I brought a little like mobile podcasting setup. And of course, the, the seminar is going on at the same time. So I was like, I'm going to pull him away, try to get half an hour, just he and I, and we're going to sit down and chat. So we looked around the gym and we found a broom closet. So we go into a broom closet and, and we get in there and I get this set up. We're, we're set up on a, uh, a, a big box of toilet paper. <laughs> and this is, our, this is our podcast studio. So we go in there and we record the show. And on the airplane, I go to edit down the show and take a look at it. And there's a buzzing in the background. There's a hissing that goes on. Where there was a, we were in a really cramped space. There was some Wi-Fi interference uh, where we were. So when I recorded the audio, there was some buzzing and hissing. So I tried to edit it out. I, I, um, you know, I downloaded a bunch of new software to try and get this Wi-Fi interference out of this interview. And I got to thinking about the last talk that I gave at this seminar. You know, I told the attendees, listen, the content is what's important. It's not going to be perfect. Get it out there. People can sift through polished pieces of content. They want to know you. They want the core of who you are, what you're about, and helping people. And I was really struck with this idea. My initial inclination was to ditch the following interview. And then I thought, man, this, this guy was the highlight of, of my weekend. His, his talk was incredible, and it inspired me. And I, I felt that I shouldn't keep that content from the listeners. So this is kind of a, you know, this is a real-life lesson. This is me having to practice what I preach and putting out a, a podcast with some Wi-Fi and fluorescent bulb interference in it. So, guys, this is the show, and this is it. This is real life. We're not perfect either, um, but I hope that you can take the lessons that BP McCoy shares with you uh, in this interview and really apply it to your business this week to begin to see momentum in the right direction towards leadership, inspiration, clarity, action, all of these things that make awesome business owners. So, Thanks for sticking it out with the show, guys. If you haven't yet, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, share it with a friend, another gym owner, business owner that would see some value, and, uh, and leave us a review. We, we really appreciate it. Enjoy the show. All right, welcome listeners to the show. Um, we're joined today by a very special guest. We're actually recording live from Virginia at our Fuel Your Passion Business Seminar. And we're here with uh, BP McCoy. Uh, BP, first off, I just really want to thank you for uh, your presentation that you gave today. I think, I think the fact that all of these gym owners came and chatted with you afterwards meant that it resonated with, with a lot of us. So uh, first off, thank you so much. Um, my pleasure, believe me. Okay. Um, so, BP, I want to. You hit on something in your talk because we talked about perfect day, and we talk about uh, you know gym owners and business owners really living their perfect day. And you had described that that right now you are quite literally living that perfect day. Uh, what does that look like for you? Uh, well, for me, I mean, leadership uh, is a passion of mine because uh, leadership, when it's done right, not only makes an organization very formidable but it uh, um, adds value to people's lives. And so as I 
finished my career in the Marine Corps and then also did some, some work in uh, the business world uh, for a DOD uh, contractor. Uh, I wanted to find another vocation that allowed me to apply leadership on a daily basis and enjoy the outdoors. And so I did that with the National Outdoor Leadership School, and I became a field instructor uh, with them. And it's a fantastic uh, organization where we take uh, clients out into the wilderness for 30 days at a time, completely off the grid, unplugged. And we just allow the, you know, really nature and the environment to uh, provide those teachable opportunities to us. And, and in that, we teach them expedition leadership teach them teamwork, uh, we teach them self-leadership and self-discipline, uh, risk management, and, uh, and just uh, how to, uh, as well as the wilderness skills that you need to, to do all that. And to see them blossom as leaders and, and self-confidence is just really, really rewarding. That's really interesting. So I don't want to gloss over this because you did mention you had 29 years, correct me if I'm wrong? 28. 28 years in, in the U.S. Marine Corps. And when you left, um, what did your role look like at the point of, of leaving the Marine Corps? Uh, when I left the Marine Corps in uh, 2008, I had just finished uh, back-to-back tours in Afghanistan, one as an operations officer for a uh, special operations unit. And then uh, I also served at the, the strategic level where I was the executive assistant, if you will, or military secretary to the four-star that was commanding. So I... I was able to see combat in Iraq and Afghanistan uh, all the way from the tactical level in the trenches as uh, an infantry battalion, you know, all the way up to the strategic level and everything in between. So I should make note here that today is a very interesting anniversary for you. Uh, we're actually recording this on uh, the 9th of April. Uh, what is today the anniversary of, and, and what does that mean to you? Uh, today is uh, 9 April, and this was the day that our battalion, 3rd Battalion, 4th Marines, pulled down the statue in Firdo Square in Baghdad. That was the Saddam statue, the moment that uh, every once in a while you'll see it on a trailer for news or the History Channel uh, where we pulled the statue down. And it was a significant event, uh, and that's not what we showed up to do that day. Uh, I had a 1,000 things going on. That became a 1,001. But it turned out to be an iconic moment. Uh, It was also a day that uh, it was kind of a culmination of uh, what had been uh, 21-day march uh, to Baghdad. Uh, of course, the war didn't end that day. We knew it wouldn't end that day, but uh, it was still a significant event. Yeah, very significant. I mean, I would say probably one of the more iconic images that we have in, in a generation. Um, but So you would discuss that your leadership existed on a very tactical level, on a very day-to-day level, and then you had this opportunity to zoom out and look more strategically. Is there... so? If I think about gym owners, there's very much this day-to-day, you know, who's cleaning the bathrooms, who's doing the programming, who's sending an email, you know, and that's, you know, that 21-day march that you discuss. I'm sure there were times where it's like, all right, guys, one foot in front of the other. That's all we can do right now is what is the next hour look like? Um, so in, in talking with business owners, I know that they struggle with, all right, how do I take the tactical things that need to get done you know, replace the toilet paper, and how do I find time to step back and look at this entire thing strategically? What lessons did you learn in the Marine Corps that sort of helped you in leadership be able to take, you know, we have a task in the next hour, but also we need to look at things as a whole. What have you learned and what can you 
tell to gym owners that may be struggling with that balance? It's, uh, you know, for me, it, it comes down to culture. The, there'll never be an end to little minute tasks. But if you set the proper climate and the proper culture in your organization where people have a bias for action and will uh, automatically just do what needs doing. And, and the two organizations that, uh, that I've been a part of that were very good at creating those, uh, those climates were the Marine Corps and then uh, the National Outdoor Leadership School or Knowles. Uh, we're very good at doing that. And, and so that's really the magic of it. If you've got the right culture, then those little things, you know, it, it, that culture takes on a life of its own. People buy into it. And instead of pursuing their own agendas, they're pursuing the team agenda. And the little things like changing the toilet paper, cleaning the bathroom, you know, wiping down windows and counters, that just happens naturally because that's what we do. That's our identity. So you, hit, you said something there, bias for action. So when I hear that, I think that it, have you created a leadership inspired people inspired the people that you lead to they see the empty toilet paper roll and they know that's my that's my job is to do that and i think that when you're in the trenches and you're thinking about running your business and maybe things aren't going well your focus is always oh i gotta scramble to do that or it won't get done but really what what i hear you saying is is that if you can inspire the people that are in your care as a leader they will take care of those things for you. It's exactly right. So you can, you know, there's a difference between uh, incentivizing people and inspiring people. And you can incentivize people with, hey, every time you change the toilet paper, you know, you, know, you get a good check mark. Uh, that's part of your job description. But if they're truly inspired and they've bought into the vision, then they're going to change that toilet paper on their own. Uh, they're going to do it because they know that's the right thing to do. And this is, this is what we do. It's part of our culture. We, if we see something that needs to be done, we just do it. And, uh, again, and if it's not happening, then you've got to take a step back and you've got to look at what, what else isn't happening. Uh, you will drive yourself crazy and exhaust yourself running around taking care of nitinoid items. If you set the culture right, uh, and culture is another way of saying what your organization does when you're not watching. And if you get that right, uh, those things will happen automatically. So for the gym owner listening to this right now that may not have a strong grasp on what their culture is, what are a couple things that we can do to maybe take an audit of that culture? You know, you mentioned step back. If things aren't get, getting done, there's honestly only one place to look, and it's in the mirror. And so for the business owner taking that look in the mirror right now, what are a couple things that, that they can do to sort of audit that culture? What I do with my clients is uh, we, uh, we field strip it, if you will, and we take a step back, and there's three ingredients to setting a climate and having a climate catch fire, and that is clarity, consistency, and connection. And what I mean by clarity, my challenge is uh, what to, uh, to my clients is, Write down what it is, the three things that you stand for, that you want other people to say when they talk about your gym or they talk about your organization. What are the three things that you want to be known for? And put it down. And, and that starts to form your vision. And your vision should be so concise and so tight and so focused that you should be able to tweet it out in 140 characters. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I think that uh, as... We tend to think about, oh, I've got the best programming. I've got the best coaches. I've got, 
all of these sort of nebulous things that nobody can wrap their minds around. And frankly, it kind of gets drowned out in the noise. But what you said right there, like, can I tweet it out? Can everybody know exactly what I'm about, what our culture is about in 140 characters or three words or one sentence, whatever that is, like grasp it. And that's, and that's sort of the foundation is that clarity, right? That's exactly it. You know, so if you're clear, uh, it's very easy for people to get behind that, but that's just one, one step. Uh, so if everybody understands what you're doing, why they're doing it, and the why is probably the most important thing, why we're, why we're in this business, and understanding that and being able to communicate that. And I would challenge you with those three words is you need to pair them up with, uh, with, with either verbs or adjectives. Mm. Uh, that makes them actionable. Mm. And uh, it's just so much more powerful than just a, a word. For, like for 3rd Battalion, 4th Marines, uh, one of our uh, tenets was sturdy professionalism. And that was professionalism that was going to withstand any, uh, you know, any distractors that were out there, fatigue, competing demands, other priorities. We were always going to be professional no matter what the environment. Um, so, Clarity, the second thing that you mentioned is consistency. So when you think about putting this in, in the gym or in any business, honestly, what are some ways that we can begin to adopt consistency in the experience of the the clients or athletes well again it starts as you talked about by looking in the mirror Mm -hmm. and uh if you say your priorities or your your vision uh, you've got it into something that's tweetable Mm -hmm. and you're not executing it because other things are are uh, creating distractions for you that's going to create what i call a say do gap so there's a difference between what you say and what you do. And if that gap exists and goes unchecked, then nobody's going to buy in to your vision and you are not creating belief. And that's what this is all about is creating belief in that, that clarity of vision that, uh, that you were able to articulate. And, and to zoom in on the gym on the day-to-day, we hear a lot of times of people having, I've got a problem member, I've got somebody complaining, I'm always getting nasty emails, um, you know, people leave, like all of these kinds of things that the issues that the, our gut kind of makes us want to feel like that's on them. That's my client's fault. They've got a bad attitude. But when you, when you mentioned that say, do gap, I think that that's where a lot of these sort of nitpicky issues that people in the service business have is if they're saying that they're about community, but when was the last event you did? You say you're about coaching. How have you improved your coach's prowess? I mean, right? Wouldn't you say that that's where all those issues are coming up? It, it, that's a lot of it. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of it. So, um, you know, one of the things that attracted me to uh, the box that I go to was their coaching, and it was about getting me to move better. And they have delivered on that in in spades. And the the gym owner. Uh, Jamie is is here frequently, and his coaches are, and he's got the right culture, and that's what drew me in. And they're doing the little things right. And but more importantly, I mean, you talk about the the problem client. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, people want to be they want their say, not necessarily their way, uh, and they want to be heard, and they want to make sure you understand what their goals are. And so, if you're just giving them a ham sandwich because that's what you got on hand. They're not going to be satisfied with that. But if you connect with them, and as human beings, we're hardwired for connection. 
and you find out the why and the what of why they're even in your gym and you make their goals your goals, that's consistency. Uh, so so interesting that you said um, if you don't listen to and understand them, it's I know especially in fitness, there's all there's this thing where the the provider of fitness services or programming is always trying to convince the client that the that the movements that you know oh it's the right combination of thrusters and burpees is what gets you fit and at the end of the day like you said it's not it's not the exercises that you're doing it's the culture in which you're doing those exercises it's the delivery it's listening explaining the why behind thrusters and burpees and then you and then thrusters, you, that, change it out with anything you want. If you're communicating value and listening to what people are really there for, like why are you in this box? You know, you mentioned you joined Jamie's box not because you thought that he would put together the right training volume for you. It was culture getting me to move correctly, right? Aren't those the things that resonate with you? They were. And, you know, and I, I wasn't a stranger to CrossFit. I was a level one cert, had been doing CrossFit for a number of years and uh, wanted to get back into a gym. I'd done a garage gym, uh, you know, for quite a while. And then, but I wanted to get back in because what I, what I wanted was uh, to be part of a community that, uh, that was a positive environment where you could check your ego at the door and go in and just train and to get quality class A coaching because you can only coach yourself so much. And that's true for running a business or, uh, or uh, you know, improving your friend time. It takes that, that outside professional to take a look and give you some really honest feedback and hard feedback. So that's what I was looking for. Absolutely. And, yeah, so, and I think that brings us nicely to this last point of connection. So we've got clarity, consistency, connection. What does that connection piece do with the other two? That that is the fuel. Uh, that is, you know, if if you have a clear message and you're consistent in executing it, and you can connect with people, and you break down any of the social barriers, and you get to understand them as you know their their goals, uh, their fears, and their needs are yours as well. And once they believe that, and that you're invested in their interest, then. Everything falls into place. Uh, I, what I tried to do everywhere I went, every organization I put my hands on, I tried to create a Camelot uh, environment to where you know, people wanted to be there and they, you know, they were drawn to it and they bought into the same vision. And it became our vision. Um, and so that I would think for a CrossFit gym, you know, the owner's got the vision, he sells it, she sells it, uh, but they get people to buy into it. And, and it morphs a little bit as more people buy into it, and it becomes uh, the flywheel effect that everybody talks about, and it catches fire, and it becomes what drives them, and that's what gives the bias for action. I'm part of this gym. I'm going to make sure this place is squared away and the bathrooms are set, and all the little things that uh, you know, aren't glamorous are going to get done because that's what we do, and this is my gym too. You challenged us to do something in your presentation, BP. You said that... Um Publish your vision. If you've not yet published your vision, you need to do that. And hell, if you don't have a vision, you need one. You know, and so for the gym owner listening to this right now that may be thinking, you know, I, I don't need to have a vision. I'm just running a gym. 
or I have a vision but haven't published it or I haven't communicated it, how can we begin to chip away at establishing and publishing that vision? You know, first thing is, why are you running a gym? Uh, start with why. Mm -hmm. uh, and then write down the top three things that you want other people to say about your gym, whether they're clients or employees um, or your competitors. And if you can narrow it down to those three things, that's, that's a great start on a vision. And again, pair those up with verbs or adjectives so they become actionable. You had mentioned that uh, when you were leading Marines, uh, your tagline, for lack of a better term, was uh, sturdy professionalism. I, I have no idea why, but that resonates with me so much. I can't quite wrap my head around why that, you know, why I feel that so deeply. But um, ex explain to us a little bit more of what that sturdy professionalism meant, both on the ground and then off the battlefield for morale for everybody? Um, you know, we, I spent a lot of time actually trying to pair those words up. And uh, professionalism it was just too broad of a concept. Uh, but when you add sturdy professionalism, or add sturdy to it, and you come up with sturdy professionalism, I think it, it communicates something that is resilient, that no matter, it's not, I'm not disciplined in just certain situations, I'm disciplined all the time. Uh, no matter what the, uh, how hot it is, how tired I am, uh, how dangerous it is, you know, we, we are professionals. This is how we dis define ourselves. And despite all of those other distractors, it doesn't matter. Is it raining? It doesn't matter. Is it cold? It doesn't matter. Am I tired? It doesn't matter. You know, this is what we do. And it's that type of amiable discipline that guides a unit when nobody's looking. And that's what, that's what sturdy professionalism. I'm just not going to do it when the spotlight's on me. I'm going to do it uh, because it's the right thing to do. It's so funny you say that. Clay and I were, were walking around the neighborhood uh, yesterday after we got into town, and we were just kind of talking about business, how things are going in our respective businesses. And and I, and and then we kind of got into this idea of leadership, and he asked me, like, how do I approach it? And I, I was like, I've been thinking about it more like being an empathetic robot, super consistent, but like, having a heart for your staff and, and understanding people. And, and I think for me, that's just kind of been my focus in leadership lately is like, how can I apply that consistency, consistency without wavering, but still with empathy so that I'm not doing it as a muscle memory, but also there's some heart behind it. And, and when you just explain sturdy professionalism to me, I think that resonates so much because that's where I feel like I'm really trying to focus right now. So, um, yeah, I, I thank you for bringing that up. I don't know why. It's just kind of like really sitting with me well. So I, I certainly appreciate Good. that. Good. Um, books. So you've written a book. And, and I just heard, I overheard some people saying that that, that book, and Jamie uh, certainly has spoke very highly of the impact that your book had on him. What books uh, have you read? What books have had the most profound impact on you? And is there a through line between all of them? It's hard to put a finger on, on a book. I, uh, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm a bit of a, an intellectual magpie. Uh, so I go after a lot of different things and, and preparing myself to, uh, to lead. Uh, I was introduced to a concept of the 5,000 year old mind. 
and there are 5,000 years of recorded military history out there uh, in this, this human dynamic of, of, uh, of conflict, of war. And it, I had to do my best job to put as big a dent in that 5,000 years of history as I could. And so I read everything from military history, biographies, what I would call the blocking and tackling doctrinal books of leadership, um, military history, uh, philosophy, physiology, psychology, sacred texts, all those things, uh, I think, had a role in forming you know, my brand of leadership, uh, how I uh, communicate to, uh, to my people, and, and, and vice versa, and, and how to get buy-in, because it's all, it's all a human endeavor. And so if you spend you know, any of the books I read you know, that talked about the human will, and I, I kind of uh, jokingly say I have a blue-collar Ph.D. in human will, and what makes people tick, and and understanding that, and and uh, and getting people to, uh, you know, one, I invest in their wants and needs, and and in turn they uh, they pay it back uh, tenfold. I had a very uh, last weekend. I was up in Omaha and got to spend some time with a um, an old time force reconnaissance marine um, guy in his mid sixties, and he echoed. We we got onto the con- uh, topic of leadership. And he was talking about um, paying back that, you know, that, that paying back tenfold from the people that you inspire is really the result of good leadership. It's, it's, you know, as the leader, it's difficult to stop and evaluate yourself. Am I being effective? Am I inspiring people? But really what you just said is, is that being paid back tenfold? A hundredfold, you'll recognize that in your people, and that can be your marker for leadership, right? It is. It's a marker for leadership. It's also uh, what I have found in in my clients. It's a marker for retention mm-hmm. of uh, of their best uh, best clients and uh, and their best employees. Mm-hmm. And so, if if you really create that Camelot and you create that environment that's got the culture that people are really looking for. They tend to stick around, uh, and if you invest back in them, uh, they tend to stick around. And so that's another great metric to see if your culture's going. Not that some of your most talented won't go on to own their own gems or, or anything like that, but they're not going to jump ship to the next uh, competitor that's got a little bit better incentive package. And that's the difference between inspiration and incentivizing. You know, inspiration is uh, powerful. Incentivizing. Prison guards can do that. Mm. You know, prison guards can uh, coerce and ins- and uh, uh, and incentivize people to do things. Leaders inspire people to do things. Wow, that's great. So, looking back, and 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 you, by no means do you have to name anybody by name, but I want you to think back at some leaders that inspired you, or some mentors that inspired you. What was it about their leadership style, and and maybe. Uh, a story or something as in a, as a tangible example of maybe a leader, a leader in your, all of your years in the Marine Corps that really stood out to you and has informed the way that you inspire others today. I think the first guy that ever really inspired me, um, was, uh, my high school football coach from, uh, Annandale, uh, coach Bob Hartage talked to us about, and that's really where I came up with the concept of, uh, first exposed to sturdy professionalism, I think. 
Uh, so we were a you know an undersized football team that went fourteen and zero, won the state championship, and uh, we wound up ranked number one in the nation in nineteen seventy eight. And I remember him; he would just boil down the most complex things into very simple uh, ideas, and we were brilliant in the basics. Uh, which is something I've adopted uh, later on. Sturdy professionalism. We were a very disciplined football team. In 14 games, uh, you could count the number of penalties on one hand and and one fumble and one interception in 14 games. That's a that's incredible. Uh, and so I learned that from Bob Hardage. I carried that over into the Marine Corps, and I had some just tremendous mentors. And so for those that are Marines out there, they'll they'll understand these names. But I was a platoon commander for a guy named Zenny. Uh, a company commander for a guy named Pace, and then uh, more recently as a battalion commander and regimental commander and operations officer for a guy named uh, Jim Mattis, who uh, was just very inspirational in the way he led us. And again, he took complex things and broke them down into very simple ideas, clear, you know, that's where the clarity comes from, that you could get behind. And, And more importantly, they would make eyeball, what I called eyeball leadership. They would look you in the eye, and understand you as a person and uh, and get your buy-in. And uh, when people buy in, that is that is powerful. There is nothing an organization can't do. And people want to be part of that. They're attracted to that. We're hardwired, like I said, to uh, to connect and to be part of something. Well, I think that I think that a lot of the gym owners can can really resonate with that and um gosh, and when you say brilliant at the basics, it it really is. When you know you think about where do I want my business in 10 years? That's overwhelming. And then how do you distill it down to its most basic components and master that day by day, the most basic components of business. And you've, you, you hit on these basic components, clarity, consistency, connection. Those are your basics. And then that will carry you on until the next 10 years without all that anxiety of freaking out over your business. Right? That's exactly right. And so uh, for the two years, uh, two plus years that I commanded uh, 3rd Battalion, 4th Marines, using those principles, it, it just simplified the problem set that you were faced with every day. And uh, I wasn't making decisions on you know, where we spend our time because we already knew uh, we were going to spend it on you know, uh, being brilliant at the basics and developing our tactical prowess, that sturdy professionalism, and then being fit for purpose. You know, so everything that we did had to map back to those three things. And if it did, then that was, uh, you know, that was an event worth, worth doing. If it didn't, then we would find a way to either off-ramp that event or somehow harvest some good out of it. If it was just a sunk cost that I had no, no control in it, then we'd figure out a way to harvest our own uh, uh, goals out of it. Wow. Wow. I think the lessons in that are, uh, <laughs> are numerous. I think that we can all take, take a lot away from, like you said, harvest something out of a bad event. Uh, and because surely in business there are definitely bad days or definitely lonely days, but there's something to be found in each one of those days and each one of those events. So awesome. Um, BP McCoy, we can't thank you enough for coming out and speaking with us. I know I was surely inspired. I took a ton away. I know a lot of the other gym owners here did too. And I'm glad that you took the time to come onto the podcast. Um, if you want to um, follow BP, um, you can check out his his company is Zyphos Initiatives LLC. Um, that's X I P H O S Initiatives dot com. So go check that out. Your book, Passion of Command, 
has inspired a lot of people. Um, so listeners, uh, we actually, we haven't given out a book this month. So I would say that uh, this April, that's your book to, uh, to pick up. So available on Amazon, BP? It is. Awesome. So grab that on Amazon. Um, go check out ZyphosInitiatives.com. And BP, you're on Twitter, right? I am. All right. What is that Twitter handle? It is uh, BP McCoy uh, underscore BP. Okay. BP McCoy underscore BP. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. And we, we uh, obviously, we, uh, we value uh, the lessons in leadership that, that you've taken from your, from your years in the Marine Corps. Um, and I know that for us as business owners and people listening to this and, and people seeking out information on leadership, um, it, 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 it's so valuable that you've taken the time and the work to extract those lessons and give them to us. It's, it's invaluable, and, and I, I just cannot thank you enough. Oh, my pleasure, and uh, thanks for having me. 